0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Anne Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Anne Gelsheimer.
2: Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and we're on Conscious Evolution Radio with Voice America. Today we have a fantastic guest. I am so excited. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Stephen Greer, and I'm just going to give you a bit of an idea who Dr. Greer is, if you don't already know. He is very, very famous, but you may not uh, be familiar with him. Dr. Greer is widely regarded as the world's foremost authority on the subject of extraterrestrial intelligence. He was the founder and international director of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, CSETI. seti Dr. Greer has led research teams throughout the world investigating the existence of extraterrestrial intelligence and has frequently established contact and communication with extraterrestrial spacecraft at close range. He has also been trusted with top-secret information by many insiders from government, military, and corporations who were directly involved with projects or events that were associated with extraterrestrials. Dr. Greer has shared his knowledge and research with senior members of government, military and intelligence operations in the United States and around the world. And he's also been uh, sharing his knowledge and information with thousands of people at conferences and lectures. And perhaps even more importantly, he has trained thousands of people from all over the world in protocols for making peaceful contact with extraterrestrial beings. So I've been privileged to be on a number of those uh, training events with Dr. Greer, and I'm so pleased to introduce him. So welcome to the show, Steve.
3: Oh, it's great to be here, Anne. I'm glad to be on the show.
2: So we have so many wonderful things we could talk about. Um, I know you're going to be launching a new book. Uh, we've got some upcoming trainings uh, uh, planned, and I'd love to hear about information from your Washington, D.C. lecture on November 9th. So where would you like to start?
3: Yeah, well, I think, you know, for people who are new to what uh, our work, they can go to um, seriousdisclosure.com. Great. That's uh, S-I-R-I-U-S-Disclosure.com. The serious disclosure is all one word. Um, uh, and uh, we are, you know, 25 years into a project uh, that it really diverted me from my work as an emergency doctor. I'm a medical doctor who, who used to run a very busy emergency department. And uh, I got involved with this uh, issue because when I was much younger, I had a very close encounter with an extraterrestrial spacecraft and subsequently an extraterrestrial being and uh, began to look. As I got older, I looked into it and realized that nobody was handling the issue properly. So um, what we've been doing over the last 25 years is a very involved project. And it really it, it covers three areas. And the one that is my uh, the heart and soul of what we're doing is what you refer to. Um, we call it the CE5 Initiative or Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Initiative, which I was talking about in Washington uh, last Sunday. And it... It was a, that is a concept, uh, a term that I came up with um, to describe people who initiate diplomatically uh, contact with. Uh, ETs, where the encounter is voluntary and diplomatic and mutual, as opposed to, say, an accidental sighting that a pilot might have or someone who's out in their backyard may see. Um, And a close encounter of the fifth kind is very distinctive in the sense that we've developed it into a diplomatic protocol and now have several thousand teams all over the world. And uh, if you go to our website, you'll see there's a, there's a training app you can get uh, for smartphones uh, that has an enormous amount of information that goes through the whole protocols that we use for making contact. Uh, and then there's another app that's uh, what we call the ET Contact Network app. It's a free app that will show you where people are that live near you. And you can find links to both of those at our website at seriousdisclosure.com. But the idea is to mount a citizen's diplomacy effort. Uh, much like Physicians for Social Responsibility back in the Cold War were sending doctors over to the Soviet Union to establish a rapprochement and a dialogue. Well, this is an interstellar version of that. And, you know, the core of it, and since we're on, you know, conscious evolution radio here, um, I think we can go into what the real fundamentals of contact are. We do have technologies we use. We have high-powered lasers, and we have electromagnetic signals we send out into space, and et cetera. And we have a lot of electronic equipment when we're out under the stars uh, doing this, uh, as you know. And yes. We've been on five of these, I think. That's now. right. And, uh, so, but. The, the core of it is understanding what I call transdimensional interstellar science, or TDIS. And the transdimensional part is understanding that civilizations that go from one star system to, say, this star system, that are higher intelligent life forms, by definition, have to go through other dimensions to get here. They cannot stay on a straight line through linear space. So the the science behind this is what we covered for four hours uh, in Washington at this briefing, and which is the subject of a great many of the books that I've written. There are four books out that people can get at our website. And it really talks about how the electromagnetic communication systems that extraterrestrial civilizations use are wired into thought and consciousness. And, of course, this sounds very possible to someone who's used to just using a smartphone, which travels at the speed of light, those signals, radio signals, but thought and consciousness is resonating in a non-local field of consciousness that is omnipresent and is, because of the non-locality of it, meaning that it's not fixed to space and time, it can be picked up instantaneously regardless of the distance. And that is the only way that a civilization can go interstellar. It has to cross the, what I call, the light barrier into these other dimensions, which are increasingly centered in higher consciousness. And so civilizations that have managed to travel across the cosmos, whether it's a thousand light years or a billion light years, they have had to master not only... The science, the physical sciences, uh, but also the science of consciousness, which I believe is the science of the next millennium, the real explorations and breakthroughs that are going to happen are going to happen in consciousness. And the reason for that is that there's a limit to what you can do if you stay linear and you're just going at the speed of light. Uh, you know, there's been problems even with the idea of going to Mars and putting a rover there because it can take as long as an hour to get a signal from Mars to mission control. Well, in an hour, the rover could have gone over a cliff and crashed. Right. Uh, before you could, in another hour, to send the signal to correct its st- direction. So, the speed of light, even for a nearby planet like Mars, is too slow. So what you what you begin to realize as you study encounters people have had is what Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who used to work for the Air Force, he was an astrophysicist and astronomer, he basically concluded this was all real. It was interplanetary. And, but that there was a great deal of what he called high strangeness, and I love the term because it's, it, it goes along with the, um, the term that's used as the CIA for these sciences, is um, WSFM. It sounds like a radio station in Cincinnati or something, but uh, <laughs> it stands for weird science and frickin' magic. Uh, and uh, at North of Grumman, a company where my uh, my uncle worked, he worked on the lunar module, put the first man on the moon, North of Grumman, they just call it PFM, pure frickin' magic. Except they don't say frickin', they say the other words. Right. And it's really interesting because, you know, when you start getting into these concepts, you have to sort of leave behind uh, even post-quantum and Einsteinian concepts in physics, and you have to begin to marry Um. What the knowledge we have of the physical universe and electromagnetism with the Vedic, the ancient Vedas uh, and Vedanta and the knowledge of consciousness and higher states of consciousness and the experience of this universal one state of consciousness or the Samadhi state Um, and all of that begins to come together if you're going to be a competent diplomat to the cosmos. so That's always been the thing that's, that's the most exciting to me, and that's the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, or CE-5 initiative. Now, from that, and a lot of people are amazed when they hear this, um, we had some people that back way back in 1992 on a beach in Florida, and there were about 40 of us, including a couple of uh, military uh, colonels, uh, Air Force pilots, who were with me when we vectored in, you know, like you vector a jet into JFK Airport, uh, we vectored in a four extraterrestrial vehicle that materialized right there in the sky. And it was actually on the front page of the newspaper the next day. And, um,
2: and I'll, just, I'll just add that I've seen the film footage of that, and it is fantastic. It is wonderful to see.
3: Yeah, it's very exciting. Even though it was an old camera, it was not night vision. And if you actually go on our website, you can see it. And also, there's a movie that came out last year called Sirius, like the star system Sirius, S I R I U S, which uh, it turns out was the the most uh, uh, successful crowd documentary in history. <laughs> and uh, it's now uh, on this subject is number 15 on iTunes for movies. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, that, we that's amazing. That. So what, but what you, what we found was that people were so interested in this, but that the intelligence community, you know, immediately got, got just got on the radar scope. And the next thing we know, I'm being contacted by the head of army intelligence and a friend of the CIA director. And from there was born something called the disclosure project, which, uh, is probably what I'm best known for because I, in 2001, uh, released the testimonies of over a hundred top secret military and CIA and the Defense Intelligence Agency and corporate people about covert projects dealing with this and what they knew. And that became, interestingly, the, the most watched event in the history of the National Press Club in Washington. But it also became something that went all around the world in terms of opening the eyes to people in all walks of life that this phenomenon is real, that it actually is extraterrestrial, and that we're not alone. And there are very credible people and evidence. And in fact, right now on our website for free, you can can click through and see, I think it's over five dozen of these military witnesses' testimony that we have up there. And And then from that, mm -hmm. we started another project, because what we concluded was that, well, these objects are not getting from Sirius or some other star system to here using Rockets or fossil fuels are way too slow. And so there's a whole science behind this that could, uh, if developed for peaceful purposes, and that's the big caveat, would completely replace all the oil, gas, and coal. On the planet and all the nuclear power with something clean, uh, that is free, that comes out of what's called the zero point energy field or the baseline energy field that all of matter is fluxing in and out of. So we started a project called the Orion Project to study that and to advocate the release of those technologies, uh, as soon as possible to fix the huge problems we're having with the environment and, and poverty around the world. So those are the three big projects that I direct. Uh, they're all now under this sort of uh, master website of seriousdisclosure.com, uh, but the, but the heart of what I've done for years is this whole concept that we're being visited, and we need to realize that we have to respond to this presence in a way that isn't militaristic or based in paranoia and fear, but based in a whole new consciousness, and that we need to leave behind the sort of moribund consciousness of the of the last yuga, this last era that's closing. And with this new era that's opening, the hallmark of that is universal peace and the concepts of, of the universality of, of awareness. And that if we take that into not only a philosophical uh, foundation, but an operational system, we'll be amazed at how quickly we can advance. And so that's what we've done with, with this uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind initiative and you know, we hold um, trainings a few times a year. It's open to the public, that I conduct. There are only about twenty or twenty-five people that are allowed to come to those because we try to keep them small. Um, and we're actually going to have one in Florida in January, but it's pretty much um, filled. Maybe one or two places left. And then, um, but we're going to be in Joshua Tree National Park uh, at, a, at a place uh, right near there that we're planning in mid-April, and then we're going to be in. Um, colorado in june and perhaps uh... in europe uh... At portugal in the fall Though so we try to do these around the world um, a few times a year um, where we take a team and really do a whole week intensive training them in meditation uh, and what's called remote viewing where you can go into deep consciousness and see remote places and make contact with these ETs uh, and invite them into the area. And we have never been disappointed. We've never done an expedition where we haven't had some kind of contact, whether it be electromagnetic uh, images, photography, an object, and certainly in consciousness always. So I think what we're finding is that um, this is where, you know, you can really – see how humans can bypass the national security state by taking matters into their own hands and that's very empowering because it turns out it's not that hard to do this you don't need to spend a billion dollars on the SETI project with giant radio telescopes in Arecibo to make contact. All you need is the hardware and the software that God gave us is folded within us and know how to use it. Now the knowing how to use it is the discipline part of this because it really is sort of a master's course in Meditation and centering and remote viewing, and then taking that paradigm of seeing with your inner sight and very directly making contact with these civilizations through their awareness, but also. Also through their technologies, and inviting them to contact us within the framework of, of universal peace and diplomacy.
2: So we're so, gonna sorry we're gonna have to take a break, but I want to okay. I want to come back because I know people who haven't been on the trainings, they, they have been fantastic. They my they've changed my life. They've been very very profound. So I'd like to talk more about that. Sure. So this is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. How can we grow, both individually and collectively, with greater ease and efficiency? Tune in to The Power of Presence with host John Hankey to learn about the relationship between meditation, hypnosis, NLP, Chinese medicine, sports psychology, personal evolution, and more. The show covers practical applications including mindfulness, conscious language, time management, nutrition, fitness, and holistic health to investigate how all of us can achieve our next level of fulfillment well-being and vitality listen every thursday at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on seventh wave in unified consciousness we are all part of the spectrum as individuals interconnected there is no time no space just the all listen for conscious conversations with joan and janet featuring hosts joan newcomb and janet barrett Each week, Joan and Janet will provide new focal points for you to resonate with and explore. Their passion is to support your evolutionary growth and change. Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet is broadcast live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be
0: visionary. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: Tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at Gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Hi, this is Ann Gelsheimer. This is Conscious Evolution Radio. And we are with Dr. Stephen Greer, who has been uh, sharing with us the contact protocols that he's using on the trainings. And I want to ask him more about that, more about what happens on these week-long trainings.
3: Well, you know, it it runs the gamut. um, And as you know, it it goes from having a craft fully materialized right above us uh, to electromagnetic signals that come through the electromagnetic what we call magnetometers uh, and radar detectors and other very sensitive electronics we have out where they'll actually come through and start a conversation now to give you an idea if you take let's just say you took a, a, a magnetic field meter um... and you put it up to a microwave or something it would just go you know it buzz and it would be a steady thing or same thing with a radar detector If a cop car sets it off you get this you're out of range, we'll be out in the middle of, say, Joshua Tree National Park where we're going to be in April with 800,000 acres of wilderness around us, nothing around, and suddenly we'll have one or more of these systems begin to make patterns of tones that they're not even engineered to make, number one, and that are intelligent and are interactive with what we're seeing and doing. So really quite fascinating. Of course, everyone's expecting sort of close encounters of the third kind where the mothership lands and you, you know, they come out and you shake hands and blah, blah, and it's sort of the child's fantasy. In reality, what happens, and we have had ETs that have fully materialized and crafted a fully materialized in our area, but there are all these other ways that they make contact, depending on the exigencies of the people in the group. And so it runs the gamut of uh, orbs of light that float through the group. Um, we've had tones. Uh, we have some electronic tones that were recorded in the crop circles in England mm-hmm. that we've taken and we 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 send those out over uh, radio frequencies out into space, and also have a very high-powered laser that reaches two or three hundred miles into space that we send up. And often after we have done that, we have been out and heard. Very unusual tones that are just coming from an omnidirectional sound around us. Often they'll be like crystalline sounds or uh, yes. other sounds, and it's not just one person hearing it. Frequently, everyone will hear it.
2: I remember that from Arizona, we had we were playing the crystal bowls, and. That night, we received back this beautiful crystalline tone that went on for hours, and everybody heard it. Right. And, and we're in the we're right by the desert. I mean, the, there's no other source for that sound.
3: Yeah, we were out on, on a, a retreat center that was surrounded by uh, state and national park, and uh, and and then, of course, that can sometimes be associated with a, a ship that will appear overhead, and it may be very quick. And one of the things I always have to tell people is that. The military are tracking and keep the, the Space Command and the, and the Na- National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, have satellites that track all the airspace around the Earth and all the space around the Earth. So when an ET craft fully materializes, it will be tracked, and unfortunately it will be targeted. And over the last years, I think Lynn Stringfield had documented several dozen cases where uh, extraterrestrial vehicles had been Track and hit with electromagnetic pulse weapons and, and knock down. So we're always aware of the fact that we're not doing this within sort of uh, Shangri La uh, or some sort of peaceful. I mean, the the world unfortunately is still a very hostile theater of operation to use a military term. But we know that the ETs can work around that if we're aware of all the ways that they will manifest. So. They will manifest also in people in their consciousness. So we'll be sitting in silent meditation. We use a mantra meditation. We go into this deep samadhi state. And many times people will get the same image or the same message or you actually see the same type of ET species. spacecraft even though these are new people who don't know each other and they will then convey a message and sometimes it's a very specific message sometimes it's just sort of a general greeting Um, so there's the conscious component to it and then there are things that sort of blend all of that together I'm thinking uh, a few years ago at Joshua Tree we were out and um, uh, not that long ago and and we were taking a break and I was walked out in the desert east of the circle and this uh, kind of cream, white, golden ear materialized right beside my shoulder, maybe three feet from my shoulder, and was following along, walking with me, moving mm. with me. Wow. And um, we all looked, saw it, everyone saw it. And when I went, oh my God, and then it blipped out, it sort of dematerialized. And I said, well, they're here, we need to get back to the group. So we went back to the group and... It was an amazing, beautiful night, and I got everyone quiet. We heard four different extraterrestrial voices. I don't know what language they were speaking, but you could hear voices speaking that were not human uh, or human language in the desert, just outside the group to to, to basically to the um, uh, southwest of of our circle out in the desert. Right. And... When I looked through these night scopes, I have a, like a very excellent—they're uh, equivalent of a high-end fourth-generation night scopes. Where the sound was coming from, there were nothing there. It was just voices, demater- disembodied talking, but everyone could hear them. So I said, "Well, let's be quiet." A member of our team, Raven, took a photograph about a three or four-second exposure, and in the photograph, this is on our website, is this ambassador from the Andromeda Galaxy? Is what we were told later who was there floating just above our chairs, and he's turned, waving to us.
2: Wow.
3: And and sort of an enigmatic smile on his face. And now with the naked eye, you could not see him, but the digital camera got picked him up. But everyone with their ears could hear these people talking. And it was preceded by this luminous orb that materialized right beside my my right shoulder. So I think that what, what you begin to realize is that it really is kind of magical, I mean it's a whole week when you do this it's like, oh my God, this is beyond belief um, and there's so many different ways uh, that, that there's a book that came out that, that we released a couple years ago called Extraterrestrial, uh... Contact uh, Countdown the Transformation and it has a DVD that comes with it that has some of the images and photos in there uh, at least up to that date and um, you can get that at uh, SeriousDisclosure.com dot com and um, uh, and actually, now we're having something where if you get that, you also get this, the, the, the documentary, Serious, for um, I think a very low price, basically a cost, if you get the book. But, but if you get that, you'll see as you read the accounts that there's several thousand different ways that the ETs will make contact, including... People will be in deep meditation, and they will be touched on their their shoulder or the top of their head, physically touched.
0: Uh,
3: And then they turn, and there's nothing there. But they are there. Um, And just amazing uh, sort of events. And then, of course, the more classical things where an object, you know, is... Just zips right in front of us or comes overhead and flies or flies overhead and makes a right-hand turn just to let us know they're there. But I always tell people the, the, the spacecraft are sort of the outer manifestations of them letting us know because people are physical and material and they want to have some kind of confirmation right. of something that's really more profound inside because these civilizations have really mastered the science of consciousness to a deep deep level where uh, the real action is happening on very subtle energies, on the plane of the astral, on thought, even in the chakra centers of the body, where we've had, uh, for example, with these electromagnetic devices, we'll, we'll actually feel an ET coming into the area, and they'll start communicating, and the, but they'll be communicating specifically through, say, the heart chakra or the solar plexus or what have you. And this has happened... Dozens and dozens and dozens of time. and people who are electromagnetic engineers will look at it, scratching their head, going, "This is not possible."
0: You know.
2: Well, I saw that. I saw that at Joshua Tree. That was uh, our magnetometers were so active, and the different patterns of sounds, and then also working through the heart chakra and other chakras. It was incredible.
3: And they actually are doing work with people. And we've had people who have had amazing. I mean, it sounds crazy, healings and uh, breakthroughs and, and their
2: uh, oh, yes. problems
3: they've had by being out with us. We had one jo- elderly gentleman who had had 35 years of chronic back pain, and he went on one of these trainings, and, and partway through, it just, boom, it was gone. And he, and we heard from him a couple years later that he, he never had the problem again. Um, and so we're doing that, but the the main thing is to understand we're doing this as a coherent group. It's not we are a group of individuals but we go into this deep state of consciousness where individuation begins to become quiet and this great self, the unbounded self is really uh, apprehended or experienced in a very pure way and when there's a group of people who begin to experience that it really potentiates not only making the contact but we then become a vector, an entry point or change that comes through us to the rest of the world. So we view ourselves as people who are sort of opening our own sort of conscious portal, if you want to look at it that way, from these very advanced civilizations, which, quite frankly, are amazingly enlightened. Um, I mean, some of them are functioning at the level of what the the rishis in india would call cosmic consciousness and god consciousness very very high states of consciousness and um... their technologies are just simply a reflection of their level of consciousness and what's interesting is that the spacecraft themselves when you really have an experience fairly close to one feel like they are conscious beings because actually they are. They're imbued with the consciousness of the occupant, right. the pilot. Right. And so there's this aspect where even the technology reaches, it's not just AI as we think of it or artificial intelligence as we think of it, but the, the, the spacecrafts themselves are conscious nanobio machines, meaning they're living organisms that are conscious, and they're conscious as sort of a projection, an operational machine projection of people inside. And this is the part of this where uh, learning this information blows people's minds completely because everyone's been miseducated by science fiction movies and Star Trek and things of this sort. And the truth is actually much more beautiful and much more strange. But <laughs> but it's fantastic uh, information. And once you begin to experience it and you're out under the stars for a whole week like this, it, it begins to open up people's pushes the horizon of what they think is possible and actually what the cosmos is made of and that the cosmos itself is a, a conscious quantum hologram and it's all folded within each of us. So this whole concept of conscious holography where every single individual is, a con- is sort of with, folded within them is an access point to everything that exists in creation everything that exists in the cosmos and you don't have to go anywhere because ultimately you become conscious of the fact that it's all holographically and like a fractal just folded within the structure of your own awareness and it's unfolding and learning what that consciousness is and unfolding the deeper deeper levels of the experience of conscious living that you begin to understand these civilizations because this is all information and experiences they've had for thousands to millions of years that they've reached our solar system.
2: What was so exciting, too, is people who have no experience do come into these trainings, and they do start having their own experiences. I mean, you're a very good teacher, and and people quickly become comfortable in the group, and so they're all hopeful in the beginning, but they're not sure, but they actually do start seeing, hearing, and experiencing in consciousness different events.
3: Right. I I like telling a story. We were in... um Near Palm Springs, out in borrega Springs, a couple years ago, and there was a a couple who came from New York City—a firefighter and a policeman—and um, uh, th- this couple that had someone stay with their children, and they came on this expedition for a week. And after the very first night, they were so pure-hearted, they just went back to their apartment and that they were where they were staying, and they did. The protocol uh, that I taught that just that very first evening, and they went to bed doing that protocol. They both woke up, and there were two uh, extraterrestrial life forms that were basically at the foot of their bed, uh, standing there. And the whole room was sort of glowing. And outside their room was this ship that they could see was glowing outside the ship, but it was almost like an astral glow. But these beings were very distinct and they were there, I think they said, for it was like two hours in this sort of mental mind mail communication with these two ETs that were in their room with them. And they came to the session the next day and, and were just. Stunned and shared it, but you know they they were just sort of sort of the earth people. These were not metaphysical people, and these were not you know physicists who would understand transmit They were you know a firefighter and a policeman from New York City, and it was so fantastic because the ETs I think knew how pure hearted they were, and I think that that is one of the real rate limiting issues is. What's the intent of the person, how right. pure-hearted are they, yeah. and how open-minded are they, versus how much are they fixed in dogma and belief of what they've seen on TV or, or heard at all these awful um, UFO conferences where there's gloom and doom and you know, negativity and all that stuff. These were people who were very pure-hearted about it and were not corrupted with a bunch of false information, and they just gave themselves to it, and bam, that's what happened the first night. So, you know, it, it really has a lot to do with the, with the sort of state of the person um, and their willingness to sort of, in a sense, get out of their own way.
2: Well, thank you. That that's a really good description. That's that's seems to be the people who are tra- attracted to doing the trainings. I have to say, they're some of the loveliest people I've ever met. Come on these trainings. Yes. We're going to go to a, another break, um, and then we're going to come back for a final segment and uh, talk further about all of this. So, thank you so much.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
3: With the divorce rate staggering in the Western world and a majority of men and women sleeping with someone other than their spouse, we need to look at relationships and marriage from another point of view.
1: Listen for Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. Contracts are the best way to protect
2: ourselves and our children from a society of broken marriages. You'll learn more about relationships than you ever thought possible. Tune in to Contract for Love every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3
1: p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews, Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always
3: pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers, but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Seventh Wave Channel.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
1: You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio. At gmail.com. Again, that's conscious evolution radio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: And this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Greer, and we've been talking about making contact. And I wanted to I wanted to ask a question about raising consciousness. It's not possible to have contact directly, at least human-initiated contact, with extraterrestrials without raising our consciousness. But it seems that, to me, it's, mu- it's very important for all of us to be doing that at this time. So, Dr. Greer, would you tell us a little bit about why you think it's important and how people can begin doing this, maybe in a really practical way?
3: Well, I think the reason it's so essential is, is, as Einstein said, no problem has ever been solved from the level of consciousness that created it. And if you look at the state of the world, uh, politically, um, geophysically, environmentally, technologically, um, it's a mess. And the only way it's going to move past being a mess is to approach it with a completely new vision and consciousness. But that is really born out of individuals going within and getting in touch with sort of the pure state of mind and being able to understand and discern and then act with that discernment that they gain in meditation. And so I always tell people that one of the key things for people to do is to have a meditation practice, and uh, before I was a medical doctor, I was a meditation teacher. And when I all around the world, I used to tutor people in Sanskrit and the Vedas and what have you. And what I find is that if people give a little bit of effort to that, if they spent a tenth of the time just sitting quietly in meditation that they spend looking at idiocy on TV and, and the Internet um, or YouTube, they would find that they would have amazing breakthroughs. Uh, in their ability to be intuitive and knowing and to see into the future and to see what's around them that's beyond the physical. And that's all something that evolves if you give a little bit of effort to it. But it does take some discipline to do that. And that's why I think people, the first task at hand is for people to understand that this is not uh, some sort of religious catechism, but it's just about being mindful and open understanding the depth of consciousness and what your own mind is and once you understand that the consciousness that permits you to be aware at all that consciousness not what you're conscious of and not your ego but the conscious the field of awareness itself is an omnipresent eternal uh, infinite field and when you begin to experience that through meditation and the steadiness of mind you begin to understand things in a totally new light. Everything is looked at anew, as it were, including this question of our place in the cosmos because, uh, you know, it's really too late for world peace. We have to have universal peace. We can't trade world peace for people then running around saying, "Oh yes, well, there's life out there and we need space weapons. So we have to find a whole new way of living on this planet, and that's going to be born from a whole new level of consciousness and that's why the meditative faculty and the ability to go deep into pure consciousness is so key and to develop cosmic awareness over time so and then operationally what i found is that since these civilizations technologies interface trans-dimensional physics as i call it with the conscious field and directed thought that's also the most efficient way to make contact uh... and to sustain the contact so, the understanding that whole area of of conscious sciences and practice is really really central to this, but it's also central to humans beginning to be able to live together without blowing ourselves up. Because here's the problem: we're not living in the time of muskets and cannons or what have you. We're living in the time of enormously destructive weapon systems, and so we, as a species, are going to have to evolve past the consciousness of division into the unitive state, the state where people see the oneness that all life is and that all humans are, uh, that transcend the normal fracture lines of politics and ethnicity and religion and what have you, and even the the fracture lines of human versus non-human. So the only path to transcending those fracture lines is to experience this. Unitive state, the oneness within of that state of consciousness, and then you have the beginning, the stages of what I call the beginning of wisdom, at the end of wisdom, but the beginning of wisdom.
2: Now I know on the trainings you've often commented that every single person who makes the choice to do that and makes the effort is actually changing the morphogenic field using Rupert Sheldrake's idea, and that makes it easier for everybody else to begin to evolve and move forward.
3: Exactly, and you know this this whole concept. uh, I know Rupert Sheldrake, and he and I have spoken at some events together. oxford biologist who did the morphogenic field concept and it's really just the the idea of the hunter's monkey effect you know where years ago they observed that if a certain number of monkeys on one island learn something spontaneously without any direct contact monkeys on another island learn it also and it's because of this non-local field of the consciousness that exists within all things so as humans begin to experience this it, it has an effect way beyond their individuality it actually potentiates that good evolution and good change in people that you will never meet. And when you have a group of people who sit and do this together, the effect is even greater. If you look at the work of Dr. Uh, uh, Bob John uh, at Princeton, the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, I knew Dr. John when he was living, and he and I would speak about these things. And uh, he found that even if... You have someone putting their mind on a random number generator that spits out zeros and ones that they can, with their conscious intent, change that machine to put out more zeros or more ones, depending on what they're intending. (laughs) But what was interesting, they found that if two people who were united or loved each other or were coherent and harmonious did it, the effect was ten times greater. So when you have groups of people doing this, the effect is enormous in terms of changing this morphogenic field and potentiating a good change in, in humanity, which can counteract the sort of retrograde proclivities that have gotten us where we are today. And so I think that's a big part of sort of understanding the deep spirituality of how the world can be transformed Nonviolently, but beyond nonviolent, deeply conscious, deep consciously. So consciousness can transform the state of the world, that, especially when it's then followed up with action.
2: That is so important. You've actually been a major inspiration behind my starting this uh, radio show because I wanted to share this kind of information knowing that people can choose, they can make a conscious choice to get on this path and really benefit the whole world. That's right.
3: You do have to make a conscious choice. You also have to make a conscious choice to be uh, at service to the cosmos and to be an ambassador of peace to these civilizations who are here watching and observing the Earth and who are basically waiting for us to grow up. Um, You know, people say, why don't they just land on the White House lawn? I mean, I know Larry King asked me that question. I laughed. I said, who's White House? But moreover, (laughs) if they tried to, they'd be blown out of the sky with 30 missiles. So... We have to <laughs> we 're the right. children of Earth, and we have the responsibility of of making the Earth ready for her to take her place amongst all the other planetary systems that are out there of which there are thousands and so uh, we have to to begin to to, to look at the, this from a very universal perspective way beyond just a global perspective but a cosmic perspective
2: and i don 't know anybody who who has moved into higher consciousness, who then doesn't start to experience, whether it's beings um, from other dimensions, celestial beings, angels, spirits of the departed, our field of awareness just opens up exponentially. And that's a natural course in developing higher consciousness.
3: Absolutely, and even subtle energies. I mean, it's like if you look at animals, or you know, my dogs will, will pick up and, and sense things that most humans want, but humans have the ability to intuit and know things much more than they give themselves credit for. But we're, our educational system pretty much tells us none of this is possible. And so we have to sort of let go of the baggage and the, and the burden of a reductionist and materialistic paradigm that's been foisted on us and liberate ourselves and begin to experiment and enjoy what's already within us, and that is the fact that we're conscious, and uh, that even in the dream state, you know, uh, of course, the aboriginals in Australia call it dream time, you can go into deep, quiet awareness, and then go into a dream-like state, and you can travel and see remote places, and this has been done by cultures throughout history, and very well documented, and yet, you know, we take a very... Uh, in the west a very materialistic view towards all these different states and if there is something where someone has an intuitive knowledge it's sort of written off as a coincidence and yet there's a huge body of science uh that's developed with with very good uh, explanations behind how it's happening about this non-locality. In fact, even Einstein observed that two particles could be at the same, the same particle could be in two places at once. He called it the spooky effect. It was spooky to him because he didn't understand non-locality. But we understand it. So once you begin to understand that and then begin to experience it, then you can evolve into an understanding of all the other, what are called cities, S-I-D-D-H-I-S, that the Vedas talk about, such as levitation, materialization, bilocation, uh, remote Viewing precognition, lucid dreaming with knowledge of things going on—all of these are things that unfold naturally as you develop um, a familiarity with the nature of consciousness in its deep aspect, in its unbounded, non-local aspect. And that's that's the, the core of what I teach. Most people don't realize that when they come on one of these week expeditions, they're really coming to a master's level course and Vedanta and the cities and meditation and Vedic knowledge. But that knowledge, of course, predates any organized religion on Earth, and I think probably is the remnants of knowledge that existed from the last golden age on Earth, uh, probably the Shambhala kingdom. Um, But in reality, that was probably because there was direct contact with these, what I call the trans-dimensional interstellars. That are from other planets, and they do have bodies and spacecraft, but they they're they're not locked into materialism, and so they can materialize and dematerialize and go from one point in space to another as easily as we can call London on our smartphone. And I always tell people: as magical as this may sound, think about if you showed Thomas Jefferson an iPhone six. Well, it would look like something completely magical and you you know if you were in salem massachusetts you'd be burned at the stake of the witch. Right,
2: right. now i know that you have a new book coming out or you're you're planning it disclosure 2.0 would you like to say a few things about that
3: well it, it's really in the it's, it's being storyboarded in my brain you know, right i do everything
2: <laughs> right i do
3: i create everything in my little mind and um and then eventually. It, becomes manifest in this dimension, and that's how I do everything, everything, everything. I, you've watched me give two four hour presentations. I have no notes. I don't do anything. It kind of, it kind of is in my mind. I pull it out. But what I'm seeing this is is something that actually will go all back in time, quite some some time, to explain the last yuga, the last era, and particularly then accelerating through the industrial age up to the current time. So people understand the state of the world and how we got here. Great. With all the secret knowledge that people don't know about, like the fact that in the 1920s we already had anti-gravity, high-voltage systems that we call crystals to expand and things to float. And that was T. Townsend Brown and the Koloski frost experiment. And then sort of do that in a very deep way that connects a whole lot of dots that people need to have connected, both spiritual, technological, economic, Political and and scientific, and then pull that into a view. Okay, here's where we are, and here's where we got here. Now, how do we make this course correction so that one of the Hopi prophecies that we can terminate our civilization doesn't come true? Okay. That we can actually go to this next level and become a peaceful interstellar civilization. So it's going to be a very sort of an opus, a sort of a, 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 a journey. that that reaches way back in time uh, and through the loss of knowledge and the the dawn of if you will reductionism and separation to the point of it being a fetish and then bringing us forward to an understanding of what kind of planet we are on the verge of creating if we understand not only the sciences but also the deep consciousness and spiritual principles behind that have to be at the foundation of a new civilization on Earth.
2: Now, we only have one minute left. I want to make sure people can uh, know how to contact you. So we're going to have a link on my uh, website here for the show. Great. And they can click and get to you. There are trainings in, in January, just a few spots left, but more to come in April and June. Is there anything else you'd like to add for about one minute?
3: Yes, yeah, so if people have um if they want to get on, we have a uh, mailing list uh, It's free. You can sign up on our website at uh, seriousdisclosure.com and you can put your uh, email address in and we will send you updates uh periodically about all these events um that are going on and uh, if I'm in a city near you, you'll see that and um and also these upcoming week-long training events uh are Point, we'll, you'll get a notice about them as we get them finalized. Uh, okay. There's just a few things we haven't finalized for the ones in um, Colorado and um, California Joshua tree.
0: Okay, so, so I'm not,
3: that's why the only reason I'm not announcing sure. them. there are a few hanging uh, little details. <laughs> so if you get on our mailing list, that's the easiest way because okay. then you'll get an update.
0: And, and, and again,
3: we have to. if you s- want to learn how to do this. Go to one of these. Uh, go to our website and get one of these apps for your smartphone, and, and you'll be trained in, in all these uh, protocols for contact.
2: Okay, Steve. So we're gonna we're actually gonna wrap up in about thirty seconds. But thank you so much. I really want you to know how much I appreciate your knowledge, and I hope you'll come back and share some more in the future.
3: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio please join Anne Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. We hope to see you next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network.